and welcome to the Word of Life Church Podcast. We're delighted you've chosen to spend some time with us today. We believe that today's message has the power to inspire and elevate your faith journey. Before we dive in, we'd like to express our heartfelt thanks to our partners. Your generous contributions make it possible for us to continue spreading the gospel, serving our community, and carrying out our ministry. If today's episode moves you and you'd like to be a part of our mission, we'd invite you to become a partner. Your support has an everlasting impact and allows us to reach even more souls. Now, let's turn our hearts and our minds to the Word as we begin today's episode. If you're brand new, allow me to introduce myself. Uh, my name is Joel. I'm the lead teaching pastor across all of Word of Life's campuses. And we're honored to have you at Word of Life Fondren tonight. Uh, <laughs> I like it. Uh, so we truly are honored, though, and privileged. And, uh, you know, Pastor Hillary brought up something that is, is important. Uh, no, next week, uh, Sunday, is Christmas Eve. And so with it being Christmas Eve next Sunday, uh, we will have all of our Sunday a.m. services, but there will be no Sunday p.m. service here at the Fondren campus or anywhere. You know, traditionally during Christmas Eve, we always do a Sunday evening candlelight service. Uh, But since Christmas Eve fell on a Sunday, we just decided to make every service a candlelight service. Uh, And so we'll do that across all of our campuses. And uh, you don't want to miss that that Sunday morning, but there'll be no Sunday night. And then the last Sunday of every single year, we call it Sabbath Sunday. And this is where I give my staff off for an entire week. Uh, Yes. You are much loved and seen and valued. Uh, So that was some of the staff leading the charge back there with that. But as you can imagine, Christmas time for a church is very, very busy um, with lots of services and events and practices and all of those things that take so much more than just showing up at church on Sunday. And then also January, we kick it off hard and strong uh, that out of that we do 21 days of prayer and we have a prayer conference and all of those things. And so this is me giving a chance to honor my staff and and allow them to have time with their family, time to rest. And so for the next two weeks, uh, which is sad in one sense, like I'm a little saddened by it, we will not have Sunday night services. But in January, we will kick it off strong. Uh, and out of that, I'll be back in the saddle uh, at, across all campuses and Sunday PM. And so you know uh, it's going to be fire. Uh, we're going to leave no crumbs. Um, uh, at the start of a new year. Uh, so out of that, uh, you're going to w- want to make sure that you, you, you come and join us. Uh, tonight, we've got an extra special treat. Um, truly, I am, am excited, honored, humbled to introduce to you um, two people that I, I told you about today, if you were at any of our Sunday morning services. Um, they're just a neat couple. The Spirit of the Lord has just authored their story He's in the process of writing it. I I can't wait to see all the places it takes them and all the things he does in and through them. 
Uh, but currently, and they'll tell you their story, or, you know, some of where they are, but I'll go ahead and spoil the punchline. They're missionaries to Egypt uh, and uh, currently in their current position and role. And they're, you know, over a Bible school there as well as just doing so many conferences and wonderful things within the heart of that country. Um, they've got two little girls who I got a chance to kind of see them today and just super cute, uh, you know, just a wonderful family. But truly, uh, two people with whom the Spirit of the Lord is on mightily. And these are people who are not only sent to a nation and are making a difference there, but I believe sent to the body of Christ. And, and truly, uh, I've watched some of their messages, and I've, I've watched them online, and every time it has blessed me. Uh, I have walked away challenged in my faith. Um, they, they just have a wonderful blend of stories and uh, personality and scripture and the way the Holy Spirit flows through them. It's going to be awesome. Uh, and, and, and so out of that, can you help me welcome JP and Larissa Durong to Word of Life, Andren. I wasn't sure who was doing what, so I decided to just introduce you both. <laughs> that works. I love it. I love you, man. Well, hello, Fondren. Good to see you guys. So uh, tonight, I've been handed the mic, but I want Larissa to share a little bit so you can hear her talk, because as you can tell, I am from this country, and she is not. So. Okay, so everyone say water. water. No, 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 no. No, that was wrong. Not water. Water. There you go. I'm from Australia. And I'm in Mississippi. We love Mississippi. We drove through and it's so beautiful. <laughs> Thank you all for having us. We really believe, we've been praying ever since um, Pastor Joel um, asked us to do tonight. We, well, even before then, we were seeing on social media the praise and worship nights that this campus was doing, praying for you guys. And you guys in this church truly are seeking God and God's heart. And so we believe that going into next year that you are going to see fruit like never before in Jesus' name. And so just like what Pastor Joel was saying today about speaking things out, that is some of what we are speaking out for you. So even though we are in the Middle East doing work, which you guys are helping us do, by the way, um, we are believing that this next phase for your church is going to be the most fruitful in the name of Jesus. So handing it off to my hubby, JP. Thank you. Woo! Thank you, darling. And so uh, she's super sweet. People have told me I am not, so we, we balance each other out well. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give you guys a little rundown of our story in just a sec, but before we continue, I'm going to pray for us, because tonight we're ultimately looking at the Lord, and uh, even, if it's not, even if it's not directly through the teaching, I know he has something to say to each and every one of us through his spirit. So God, I just want to thank you for the opportunity for us to seek you. For us to know you, I thank you that when we were dead in our sins, you sent your son. You first loved us when we weren't even looking for you, and you said, I want them. And so, Lord, I pray tonight that that's what takes place, that we understand who you are more and more. And I pray, God, that we would hear from your spirit, that our hearts would be open wide, our ears would be open. God, I pray that even if it doesn't come through my mouth, I pray that we receive the right word from your spirit directly for each and every person here. 
we really want to see your will done on the earth. We just love you, and we know that this precious gift that you gave us is not just for us, but it's for everybody around us. And so I just thank you again for saving us and then co-laboring with us to get more names in the book of life. So we just thank you for this, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, first off, I have to say, I've been enjoying my time down here. Uh, I mean, it's cool. You guys are so kind. We feel very welcomed and honored. Well done, everybody. We're not used to that. So that's, we're like, how do we receive these kind things and, uh, and kind words? But, you know, it's really fun, too, just being able to talk with people and get to know you guys. Like, uh, for example, Will and the boys and I, before service, were talking about the stages of beards. You know, like starting baby face all the way to, uh, I think Chase right now has got the winning one, wild man beard. And so he's just, we had the full spectrum going. And then after that, uh, actually before that, uh, the other day, Pastor Hillary came over to our house. We were discussing, well, what is the appropriate context to use the word wild? So, you know, it's getting thrown out there a little bit. I'm like, I need some help, you know. And uh, Larissa loves that word too. So all I felt like I was hearing is wild, wild, wild while they're talking. So it was a good time. Then I go to Pastor Chase's house. I love hanging out with him and seeing his fat dog, Tucker. Uh, I call him Bratwurst, but his ribs are wider than his shoulders. But uh, his family's great. And then discussing with Pastor Joel and Peppy and Larissa about times when we completely forget people's names and you blast it right in front of them, the wrong one. So it's like, hey, you know, how's it going, Steve? My name is Bill. And then you die inside, you know. It's it's just as bad as when, uh, it's like the feeling you get when you see somebody on stage and they're just bombing. Do you know what I mean? It's just, uh, you you just, you want to leave, but you just, you can't. And anyway, so yeah, we had a good time. It's been fun. And uh, it's just, it's it's cool. It's a well-rounded experience coming here to Word of Life. And everybody here has been just fabulous. And so Larissa and I, we just want to tell you who we are first, because all you're seeing is some Australian and then some American dude, and uh, they've been handed the mic with not much of an introduction. It's just like, who are these mystery people? And so Larissa, she is from Central Australia. Um, anyone ever heard of Alice Springs? Maybe seen the movie Crocodile Dundee? Yeah? She's not far from that. So if you see that movie, it's pretty close to where she grew up. Um, and then uh, her family, wonderful people that love the Lord. She was brought up with great parents. And actually, if you want to hear her story in depth of how she went through the ringer, turned away from God, went back to the Lord, got saved at 17, all this stuff, she wrote a book. And she's like, wait, don't tell people. But yeah, she did write a book. And so uh, and it has her whole testimony. It's fabulous. It's actually helped a ton of people out. Um, so I, we can talk more about that for the sake of getting those out. We got like boxes of them. So I'm like, we got to get these things out into the world. People need to read this. It'll help them. Um, and, uh, and then she, she's just awesome. She loves Christ, and she is all about reaching out to lost people. And then myself, uh, so I'm from Minnesota, the other side of the river, you know, up on the top part. And I'm from a town of about 2,800 people, including the prison inmates, so not too big. Um, that's the context of where I come from. Pine County. And... Uh, and so I'm from a little tiny place. I went to a church, um, about 60 people, uh, including the kids, 
And so it wasn't big in country church. And so actually my upbringing was my dad, my parents got divorced when I was about three years old. And so my dad got saved, long story short. My mom eventually got saved through my dad sharing the gospel with her. So that was pretty cool. But, um, but my dad, they were more charismatic, you know, like I, I, healing, not quite swinging from chandeliers or anything, but, you know, like speaking in tongues, all that, and it was, it was great. And then my mom was more on the Baptist end of things. And uh, some of the guys were really like, there's this word called uh, cessationism, which is basically saying, hey, the Holy Spirit doesn't do gifts, speaking in tongues, anything. And so... You know, like, I didn't know what to believe, because I go to church with my dad, and like, tongues is for today and healing, and then I go to my mom's church next week, no, it's not, and I'm like, ah, oh, I got to read my Bible, you know, like, <laughs> I'm not getting this, uh, and so my high school years was just a lot of just like, oh, what does this book really say, and, uh, and it was good, though, because it really did force me to figure out what the heck is true, because you can't just be walking around half-hearted with this stuff, zeal's great, but without any wisdom, it's destructive, you know, and so I, I had to, I had to learn uh, quick with that. And in high school, actually, what ended up happening to me is my mom, though, oddly enough, so in this uh, church that believed those kinds of things, we would go to Mexico on mission trips, and she eventually became the youth pastor. And one time we were praying for this girl, all of us, she was standing in the middle, and all of us were putting our hands on her, praying for her. And I remember, for me, I, I don't know what happened, but you know, I was, I'm, I was just as tall as I am now, so I was in the back kind of reaching over everybody. And I just kind of felt strange halfway through, and I'm like, oh, what's going on? And then I start tearing up, and then I start crying. But then I start ugly crying, you know, just like, <laughs> and, and, uh, and, oh, man, I, I was like, what is happening to me? You know, I'm like, I'm a sophomore, so what, like 15, 14 years old? And afterwards, I just felt awesome. Oh, my gosh. I felt like a weight lifted off me. I'm like, can I get a burger? I'm just so hungry. You know, and I had no context of what this was because this church hadn't seen that before. Actually, after that, my mom got pulled in by the executive pastors. Like, listen, we can't be having that stuff going on. And she's like, well, what am I going to do? Stop the will of the Lord? And then they had that awkward stare for a second. He's like, yeah, that's a good point. And that was the end of the meeting, you know, and walked off. Um, so that happened to me. But then after that, I noticed stuff started to take place. Uh, for example, I would be reading the book of Acts or some of the Gospels, and I'd, I'd be reading about healing. It's like, oh, man, it says that they laid hands on them and they were healed. You know, I'm 15 years old. I'm like, well, I can do that, I guess. And so I'd go through high school, and you know, I'd see my buddies. I played football. And one of my buddies one time, anyone play football in here ever? Yeah, a couple people? Okay. The most, you can probably vouch for this, the most intense and uh, dangerous part of football would be what? Anyone got any idea? Huh? Just shout it out. Wait. Yeah, I heard a couple. Okay. I heard it at least twice. Kickoff. Yes, it is. Now, for those of you who have not played football before, let me paint the picture. So what you do is you line up on this field that's 100 yards, and then when that ball is kicked, your coaches instruct you to run as fast as you can into another human who's also running as fast as they can at you. And then you just let physics do its thing and see who wins. That's what kickoff is. I mean, okay, again, i got to make this vivid. To give you an idea of what these impacts can look like, one time I got hit so hard that 
I didn't know this could actually happen. I got hit so hard that I flew back, and the snot flew out of my nose. It hit me in the face. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I got the snot knocked out of me. I thought people were just joking about this. And so anyway, that happened. Um, so you guys are starting to get the velocity of what these people are traveling at. And so I had a buddy one time. He got rocked. His name was Chad. He got hit so hard. His bell was rung. He came off the field, and he was sidestepping. And, like, his eyes were just kind of everywhere. And I'm like, hey, Chad, you all right? You know, he couldn't even talk. He's just grunting. I'm like, hey, man, I'm going to pray for you, and God's going to heal you. He's like, you know, I'm like, all right. So I laid hands on him like I was seeing in the book of Acts. I'm just like, all right, in Jesus' name, you be healed. Amen. And literally, right? Simple. And so, and then, but it's like he shook something off, and he got his conscience back, and he ran right back in. I'm like, wow, there's something to this, right? Like, I'm just some 15, 16-year-old kid, and it's working. And then I, another kid, I remember, I was in a lunch cafeteria, and I was in a school. My graduating class was about 700, uh, so it was pretty big. And I remember in cafeteria, or at the cafeteria, one time this kid looked terrible, little 15-year-old kid. Anyone do youth here? Youth? Some of you guys? Yeah, okay. Does that land in the back? Yep, okay. Uh, so youth, I don't know if you realize this, at least for the male side of youth, they speak in grunts. And so, like, you can't get much out of them. It's like, hey, man, how you doing? Good, you know? Like, hey, how was your day? What'd you do? I don't remember, you know? And that's, that's about what you're going to get. And so I remember this one kid, he was in ninth grade. He came up. He looked awful. I'm like, hey, man, what's the matter with him? Or what's the matter with you? And he's like, oh, I don't feel good. I'm like, hey, man, I'm going to put my hands on you, and I'm going to pray for you in Jesus' name, and you're going to get healed. His name was Trent. I'm like, he's like, Ugh, okay. And so Trent was about this tall. And I was about this. And so I, we're standing right by the garbage cans where everybody dumps their trays. So everybody has to go through there. And so I'm like, I'm going to pray for you. So I just take his hand and palm it like a basketball, or his head. And, you know, and I just say, in Jesus' name, Trent, you be healed. And I'm like, hey, man, how do you feel? He's like, better. You know, and I'm like, that's all you get, man? It's just like you have to, like you show some life or appreciation. But anyway, so God healed him, right? I'm like, man, this stuff is actually, it's really working. And so... My point in saying all that stuff was, I didn't know much. I just literally picked up the book and just mimicked what I saw Jesus and the apostles doing um, and the other followers of Christ in the book of Acts. And we're seeing fruit because I was just trusting God simply at his word. And so um, I just want us to know, like, that's, that's, that never changes. You know, like, we might get more knowledge in things. We might get some more understanding or revelation of stuff. But, man, the fundamentals, the basics never change. And if you deviate from that stuff, you ain't going to do too good. And so, um, so when, like Pastor Joel was saying, we want to be a blessing to the body of Christ. That's the truth. When we come back to the States, that's my biggest goal when we have opportunities like this. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm going to level with you guys. You know, because when you... Or when we come back, sometimes people are like, oh, wow, you guys are missionaries? Oh, geez, missionaries in the Middle East? Whew. You know, you real deal. You know, I'm like, okay. Like, I'm just trying to be obedient like anybody else on this planet, you know? Like, we get grace for different things. And I'll tell you what, I could not live in Mississippi. <laughs> Flat out, couldn't do it, you know? I like it here, but I couldn't do it. Because I'm not supposed to be here. Um, and the same thing for anybody living in in China, 
Like, I've never wanted to go to China. Pastor Chase, thanks a bunch for doing it. I never wanted to go, you know, and I still don't. Um, and so my point is, though, is you're graced for what God calls you to, and so you can walk in that. And so people look at us, and they try and put us on this pedestal. I'm like, listen, we are literally the same makeup in the sense of, I made a flesh and bone, that's what my body's got, and then I'm a spirit been recreated by Christ, and I got the Holy Spirit with me. Exact same thing as everybody in the body of Christ. So the question is then, are you doing what he's calling you to do? You know? <coughs> and that's uh, what I try and talk to people about, because if they try to put us on this pedestal, I'm like, okay, fine. That's fine. I'll let you put me on the pedestal, but here's the deal. I'm going to take that and I'm going to try and get everybody's flesh out of the way so they can receive what God wants. Does that make sense? Oh, the big missionary's coming. Now, listen, I appreciate the honor and all those things for sure, and I'm thankful for it, but not at the expense of God getting glory for these things and at the expense of people thinking they can't do it. Right? You know? And so when we're in the States, that's our main goal, is trying to encourage people, what are you guys supposed to be doing? Because there's things that you can do that I know I can't do, or Larissa, or anybody else in this room. You know, like, hey, I might be talking to Ahmed over in Cairo. I'm not kidding. That's, like, Ahmed, Muhammad, and what's another one? Yeah, Muhammad, Muhammad. Yeah, that's, you'll, you'll come across that. It's like John, you know. My name's John Paul. It's so generic. Um, but I can talk to those guys, but seriously, like Steve down the street, you know, on Harbor Drive or whatever, I ain't got to talk to that guy, except for you, Steve. Yeah, um, but uh, I ain't got to talk to that guy, you know? Like, when I'm walking through Walmart here, I'm, I'm not going to be able to hit up everybody there, but that's where your mission field is. You know, like, you guys are called more to uh, just living life, working a job, and watching Netflix and going to bed, you know? And I, and I say that to myself, too, because just because we live over there doesn't mean we can't have that same temptation. I have the Internet, you know, and a VPN, so we can watch Netflix. Um, and so the thing is, is we still all have these different, different temptations, but very similar to be lazy in the body of Christ or, or get distracted by these things. And I just want to let you guys know straight up, you can do this. Like, the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead resides in you. If you have given your life to the Lord, he's done a great exchange. He took your inadequacy and your unrighteousness and swapped it out for his righteousness and his grace so you could fulfill what he created you really to do on this planet. And so, um, let me give you a picture of that that's happened in Egypt. So one time we were doing a, an outreach and I was in this church, and I was going to preach in this church just a little bit. A buddy of mine and, and another guy was running the thing. They're like, hey, take it for 15 minutes. And I said, okay. And so I was sitting in the back of the room, and I was praying. I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to say to these people? And I, ha I felt like I had a bowling ball in my gut. I'm like, oh, what is this? You know, I've never experienced this before. It wasn't a parasite. It was something spiritual. You know, and so like... Um, and so I was like, I was praying. I was like, oh, Lord, what is this? What do you got? Oh, Side note, don't drink the water in Egypt. But um, so we, I was praying and I was like, oh God, what is this? And, you know, the best way I could describe it now, being a guy who's never experienced this, but I felt like I was pregnant with something and I had to like get it out, you know? Ladies, sorry, I don't know what that's like, but, you know, I'm doing my best here. 
And, and I was just like, oh. And, and I heard the Lord just saying, you need to give a hellfire brimstone message. Like, and I've never done that one. And some of you even hearing that are like, what is that? Or some of you might be like, ooh, that, I've heard Christians do that before. But let me give you a taste of what or transpired that night. So I got up on that stage, and I looked at all those Egyptians sitting in that place. Because let me tell you this. I was in a church, but just because you go to church, uh, let me put it this way. Just because you hang out in a garage does not make you a car. Same way if you go to church does not make you born again. You know what I mean? So share the gospel anywhere. So I was in that church, and I looked at them. And I won't do the whole message, but I'll give you a taste. I looked, and I said, every, yeah, I brought out the gun. Every single one of you is not good, and you are evil, and you deserve to go straight to hell. Yeah, crickets, right? You know, like, ugh. But then I said, and I'm pointing that finger at you, and I got three more pointing right back at me. We're all in the same boat. We need Jesus Christ. You know, I even took it down like this. I'm like, so let me ask you guys something. You think you're good? Okay. First off, I'll tell you what, you're wrong. The Bible says only God is good. But let me, let me bring it down, break it down a little bit for you. Who here has ever told a lie? Anyone? Yeah, anyone here? Okay. What does that make you? A liar. Okay, great. Has anyone here ever stolen anything? Irrespective of its value, taking somebody's gun when they aren't looking, that's stealing. Okay, what does that make you? No, a lying thief. You know, so... Right? I just kept going right down, and I, I, I knocked off maybe another two, two or three, but I'm like, look at, okay, so by your own admission, you're telling me, I'm not judging, but you are a lying, stealing, murderous, adulterer at heart. And why do you think God should let you into heaven? Right? That's heavy, right? That's the truth. That's everybody in this room right now. But then... Now that people know, oh, geez, I got the disease. I need a cure, right? Like if you go up to somebody and say, hey, take this chemo. They'll be like, what? Why would I take chemo right now? But then if a doctor comes up and shows them a test saying, hey, you got cancer right now, man. You need chemo. You'd be like, oh, man, I, I, okay, I need to take that cure. Same thing with the gospel. If people think they're good, hey, I'm good, man. I don't, I'm, you know, I'll get up to heaven and God and I will be cool. We figure it out. But when we realize, no, we have all failed at God's standard, and we all need Jesus. It humbles us and it allows us to receive the gospel. So when we can admit that and see it, that's why God says this. This is where the danger lies. Some people say legalism and all these things. Yeah, you don't want to get into that, but here's the one thing. The law shows us that we need a Savior. It shows us that we need Christ. And so after I was done telling that and just roasting these people by the Spirit of God, then I told them, but... God loved you so much that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, that while you were still in your sins, to die for you, and not only die, but rise again, so that you could be saved and set free from your sin. And how do you do that? Simple. You just repent, which means you pull a 1A, you say, I'm done living for sin and myself, and I'm going to live for you, Jesus, please. I take that free gift. Be my Lord. That's what it means to make him your Lord. You say, here's the keys to my kingdom. You tell me what to do. Right? Okay? And, uh, and so I told him that. And praise God, he came through. Because when his gospel's preached, he gets to work in. 
And so what ended up happening is people got saved that night, and one guy in particular said that he was going down a rough road, young dude, doing drugs, whatever, and he said, man, I, I gave my life to Christ that night. And I was sitting there thinking, Jesus, this is going to be a harsh message. Yeah, it is. You know, like, it's rough. But, but it was needed, you know, and, and people got saved because of that. And so I've never had a, a burden to pray like, or a, a burden to preach like that or share the gospel like that. But it was needed that night, and it proved fruit. And so in that moment, I was not equipped to do that in and of it myself. Like, I was, I was kind of freaking out. Like, hey, what are these Egyptians going to do to me? You know, I'm in this country town where, seriously, like, stuff goes down, you know? And so, like, if they don't like you, you know, actually, one of my best friends out there, he's a, he's a Bedouin. And long story short with them is, like, hey, if they like you, man, you're family, you know, you're in, come over to dinner whenever you want. Hey, you need some help with something, no big deal. You double-cross them, they'll kill you. And I'm like, that's night and day, you know. And so, um, so when I was down there, I was like, I don't know how these people are going to take this. And actually, pastors came up after me, and they said, hey, thank you for sharing that. I could never share that message. I'm like, what? That was just the gospel, you know. Like, that's concerning, you know, and, and I get it, though, because they're, they're concerned that people are just going to leave their churches or, you know, have some kind of bent or grudge against them. But, I mean, that's, that's what the gospel is. And so, so anyway, so with that, in that moment, God equipped me to give that harsh message, but it was laced with love. The core of it was love, you know. It's, it's like, you know, that message is, uh, man... It's, it's got a hard, hard shell on the outside, but it's just, it's just what we need. Man, I mean, I look at it this way. The things of, of God, sure, they can be tough. I mean, it's like a candied apple, right? Like, you got to work your way into that thing, but it's good, you know? But, like, it's sweet, but it, does, it takes a little bit of, you know, effort. And with Christ, it's just like submitting to him. But sin is like a chocolate-covered onion. You know, it's like, ooh, that looks good. And you're like, yikes, you know, as soon as you bite into that. And so, anyway, it's just, um, we're just called to do these hard things, and it produces such a good fruit, and each and every one of you could do that. Um, you see me putting my head on my, or hand on my head, because I'm literally having the emotions, <laughs> telling these stories of, like, they're churning back up on me, and I was like, right when I'm about to do it. But I'm going to level with you guys again. I'm going to tell you the truth. And if you're going to do things for the Lord, it's just uncomfortable. Like, like it's not fun to your flesh. Have you guys ever heard somebody say, well, you can't be a Christian and just do whatever you want? You guys ever heard that before? Okay, I, I, I'll, I'll do respect. I, I get what they're saying, but I think that's a poor way to say it. Okay, because what it should be, or how it should really be said is, you can't be a Christian and do whatever your flesh wants. See the difference there? Like if you read in Romans 6, 7, and 8, Paul talks about when he was dealing with sin within himself. He's like, listen. It's no longer I who sin, but it's the sin that's in me that does it. And he's, you know, he's, you're like, how does that work? Well, the point of it was Paul saw the fact that he was so saved by Jesus Christ that Jesus' righteousness covered up all of his sins, and that when he did that, he's saying, listen, that's not who I am. I may have submitted to the flesh in that moment, but that's not who I am. It's no longer I who sins, but it's that sin within me that does it. And people think, oh, man. Well, I, I, how do I overcome that? I can't do that. I just, I just have this urge to do it. And, I, and I'm like, okay, again, being straight with you guys, since we don't have time and I love you, you can. You just, 
you got to submit it to Christ. And, and, you gotta, and you have to say, listen, do I really love Jesus enough to trust him? Because he himself said in John 14 that if you love me, you'll obey my commands. And so that's not legalism. It's like, it's like if you love somebody, you'll treat them a certain way. And you're like, okay, Larissa, I love Larissa. And I love her in a way that I don't love any of you guys and never will, you know? Like, she, she gets privileges by being my wife in the way that I love her. Like, even down to the fact of, like, kids. Okay, again, anyone with kids? No? You guys don't have kids? Yeah, okay, I got a couple. Yeah, I'm like, some of you guys are lying again. Um, but, uh, but kids, so, like, um, with me, okay, Larissa and I, we are two different people. She is awesome, but she is not a morning person. Flat out, not at all. She's like, you know, you know those like dorky sayings like, "Hey, no talkie before coffee," you know that kind of stuff. Like that's her. You know, don't just give her a coffee, let her wake up. And so usually I get up with the kids in the mornings and I try to keep them silent. And oh my gosh, my flesh is just like writhing when I'm doing. They're just like some of you guys saw my kids. They're awesome. Like they're two little cute blonde-haired, blue-eyed girls, and they're just full of life and the electricity's in their veins. And so, but when they wake up, they're up, you know? It's just like, oh, and it's usually at 5 a.m., 5.30. People are like, oh, why don't you just put them to bed later? I'm like, all right, let's give that a go. Okay, so they, I put them to bed at 7, they wake up at 6. I put them to bed at 8, 6, 9, 6, 10, 5 a.m. Like, what is this? This math doesn't add up. So anyway, so I, but I'm actually okay with not getting a lot of sleep most of the time. For whatever reason, I can do it. And I hate coffee. Again, I know I'm the minority, but I hate it. And I call it brown sad water. But um, so, uh, but anyway, so, but what I do is like, I'm tired when those kids wake up, and I'm like, you know what? I love this lady enough where I'm gonna let her sleep, get an extra hour or so in, and I will just, be fighting off anxiety this whole time trying to keep them quiet so they don't wake up mom, you know? Just, just be quiet, please, you know? Stop. And then that's, you know, do you guys, Cocoa Melon, anyone? I, yeah, I hate it. So anyway, uh, um, uh, Superbook, it's a good one. Uh, super, oh, well, well yeah, Superbook, uh, it's great. It's, a, it's this kid's cartoon show about the Bible. I'm like, oh my gosh, my doctrine's getting redefined. This is great, you know? <laughs> Um, but anyway, but so like, yeah, so I'll sacrifice for her and do that. But like, again, being straight up, like if I'm hanging out with my, my sister or something like that and her kids are acting up, I'm like, hey, those are your kids, you know? You take care of them. I love you, but not my deal, you know? So when it, so like I love her enough to treat her a certain way and then I'll do nice things for her, like make breakfast or sometimes make coffee. I'm not good at that. You know, so like I just like her to make her own so I don't ruin it for her. But she's gracious. She's nice. Um, and so I do these things to help her, the little marital things or, and whatever, uh, because I love her and I want to take care of her. And even down to the idiosyncrasies, like there's certain things that I do that annoy her, like breathe. But uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm just totally kidding on that one. Uh, no, no. Uh, no, but actually, here's a real one. Like, I've been fighting off coughing, like, the last two weeks. You, you've been, you know, seeing that whole thing? I had the green lung. And so um, I'm like, okay, listen, I'll sleep on the couch or whatever. And we've been in different people's houses and, 
you know, she, it's nice. They gave us a, a bed and all that. I'm like, I'll go sleep on the couch that has, like, so many different holes and dog hair. That's cool. I can do that just so you can sleep. And, and I'm fine, though. I mean, like, honestly, gentlemen, most of us, we can, we can sleep in, in the dirt, right? You know, it's whatever. Sleep in a hole outside. Uh, but, you know, like, I miss that. So, but, or miss, you know, sharing a bed with my wife, and it's just comfy and nice. But I love her, and I want her to get sleep, right? Again, like, if I was, like, on a mission trip or something with some dudes, and, like, we're all in the room, I'm just hacking away. I'm like, hey, sorry, guys, deal with it. You know, you got Ted over here sawing logs. Anyway, who cares? And so... Uh, but I love her, so I'm going to treat her, treat her nice and do different things for her. Now, with Christ, though, that's where this comes in about obeying him. Do we really love him? You know, and we can't love him without his spirit. You know, it says that he shed his love abroad in our heart. I mean, that when we got saved, he just put the, his love inside of us, and now we are able to love the, the God kind of way. You know, like there's, there's warm affection that we see whether people are saved or not. You know, like, oh, I love you and different things. Sure, that's, I get it for, for sure. But you can't have the God kind of agape love without the spirit of God. And so when you get that, though, and you say yes to Jesus, you get changed. Second Corinthians talks about that. You're a brand new creature. And so now that's where it comes back to. It's like, hey, you can't be a Christian and do what your flesh wants because it'll, it'll eat you alive. You know, like, if you know you're not in God's will with something, and even if it's like you're just living a normal kind of life or whatever, just a typical thing where nobody can fault you. It's like, hey, you know, I'm taking care of my family, I'm paying the bills, you know, taking my kids to every sport on the planet. Yikes. But um, it's just like, yeah, it looks good to go to church on Sundays. Awesome. But, but is that what God's really calling you to do, you know? I'm not saying he's telling you to go out to Egypt or anywhere like that, but what's he really calling you to do in this place? I'll give you some real-time examples with it. Uh, for those of you, uh, there, there might be some people in here, honestly, that have been called to be an evangelist, right? Like, everybody's called to evangelize, share the gospel, but there's some people where it's like God said, hey, in, your body, or in the body of Christ, this is your, kind of your gig. This is your job. You're, like, you're going you're gonna to do this, and actually there's going to be a grace upon you to do this in a way that others can't. You know, the same way pastoring, right? Like, all of us can kind of pastor, like, take care of people and look out for them and stuff. Some people are called to be a pastor, you know, like, check in on you, make sure things are going good, whatever. Hey, that ain't me. You know, like, <laughs> hey, I love you guys, but, hey, Pastor Joel, what's up? You know, so, it's, in the body of Christ, we outsource things to one another, you know? Uh, <clears throat> but my point is, though, God has called you guys to do that, so... Instead of maybe sitting at home one night, maybe God's calling you to do something a little radical. Go to Walmart and go pray with people. Whoa. Seriously, though, does your gut get a little churny thinking about doing that? Like, oh, that'd be awkward. Somebody's just trying to pull out frozen peas, and you're like, hey, you know that Jesus loves you? Can I pray for you? You know, like, usually that's, I mean, some people will be like, sure, but that's, look, they'll side-eye you, right? Like, you know, what are you doing? This ain't normal. And that's the point. You're not supposed to be normal. If you want the same results as everybody else, do what they do. But if you want to be different, you've got to do stuff different. Amen. You know? And so maybe the Spirit of God is telling you to do that. Maybe for some of you guys, though, like you guys are teachers. Like you can just take a topic and whoosh, that's huge and bring it down to something like this where it's bite-sized and people can get it. You know, and they can swallow that thing and then, oh, man, now they can get off to the races and learn the rest for themselves. Well, hey, you might be a teacher and guess what? I think you guys, do you guys have life groups here? Yeah, okay, nice. 
Hey, I bet they're looking for a life group leader. Oh, yep. Peanut gallery has spoken. Yes. So they need them. They need you. And so, again, instead of just sitting at home or taking an extra shift at work or something, it's like maybe you need to sacrifice that extra shift or, or whatever, and you just need to go to your pastor and be like, hey, listen, I, I would love to help lead a Bible study or, or a life group and, and help some people come closer to Christ. And, and by you doing that, people are going to start to find out what their calling in Jesus is. They're going to start to get all this fleshly stuff broken off of them that has been holding them back from doing what God wanted them to do. And ultimately, when we all function like this, it leads to more people getting saved. And that's the, that's the bottom line of this stuff, guys. That's why we're still here. If you're breathing, you, you got stuff to do, you know? You're not just here to coast. And so, um, and, I, it's, and it can be intimidating. Again, being frank with you, straight up. Whenever I get ready to share the gospel with somebody, like, you know that little, hey, you told a lie thing or whatever? I didn't come up with that. I took that from someone else. I'm like, that's great. You know, I'm taking that. But if you want to do that kind of stuff, like, it's, it doesn't get any less awkward. It just doesn't. I mean, okay, w- lifting weights, right? Say somebody's going to bench press something. You got nothing on the bar. And you just started out. It's like, oh, that's tough. You know, it, and it is. Like, I remember when I was in those days, I couldn't do that. But, you know, it's interesting. I had the same feeling doing that as when I was benching 270. So that's 100, or 45 pounds, just 45 pounds. But when I was benching like 270 pounds, I still felt that same exertion and excruciating pain doing that up. Still felt it the whole time. I was doing more stuff, more weight, but it still felt just as hard. Never got any easier. And so the same thing is with your flesh. It's always going to feel icky. Anytime you're getting ready to do something, oh, it's going to be awkward. What are they going to do? Are they going to be mad at me? Am I going to have to sit there? You know that, again, that dying on the inside feeling, watching somebody on the stage bomb? Sometimes you got to get comfortable living in that. And it's like, oh, I hate this, you know? And so, like, give you an example. I, I've been sharing the gospel and stuff for years, but I think last year I was coming back from Colorado one time. And I was sitting next to these two, this young couple, and they're probably like 18, 19. And I, and I just was like, Lord, what do you want me to do right now? And I was like, yeah, you want me to, you want me to share the gospel. All right. And so I sat there, like the feeling the first way, or the, the same way I did when I first started doing this. I'm like, oh, I got to psych myself up. I'm like, okay, the Spirit of God is in me. He's going to give me the words. And let's just do, actually, you know the best way I can do it? You know when you got to make an awkward phone call? Or, like, you got to call somebody you don't really want to talk to or something. And you're like, oh, and you kind of put it off for, like, hours and days, <laughs> you know, <laughs> weeks. Uh, someone said months. Um, but, like, but all you got to do in that moment is just push the buttons. Cringe all the way through. Oh, sorry. Push the buttons. Just cringe all the way through it. And then just push, push that green button. Just call. And then you just, oh, okay, now... That was the hard part. It's like going to the gym. It's not hard to work out. It's hard to go to the gym. You know what I mean? You're like, all right, I'm already here, so I might as well do something. And so it's just like that. And so when I was getting ready to talk to these people, I'm like, the hardest part right now is just going to be saying, hey. And so I, I opened my mouth, my stupid mouth, and I said, hey, so you guys got time for a deep question? Yeah. <laughs> that was my opening line. 
And they said, yeah. And I, of course they did. We're waiting at the same gate for the plane. They got nothing. And so, yeah, we got time for a deep question. And off to the races. And then I went into it. And I, and I did the, you ever told a lie thing? You know, so let's see how they take this, you know. And they handled it great. And I, we made it through the whole gospel. And they knew it. And we had a great talk. And at that point, now they know the gospel. I said to them, now, if you, when you guys are ready to do this thing, you know how to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, I've done my job. I brought you the water. Now, are you going to drink it or not? Because it's not our job to get people saved, but it's our job to share the good news with them. You know what I mean? The Holy Spirit does the saving. Okay, so I did that. And I'm like, whew, did my good deed for the day, right? You know, did it. Share the gospel. And that's a good one, right? Like, whoo, it says it right here. That's the main one, like the main thing. So I get on my plane, sit next to this lady, and I get that churning feeling in my gut again. I'm like, oh, I got to do it again, you know? <laughs> so I'm sitting next to this lady, and I turn to her, and I'm like, hey, you got time for a deep question? <laughs> and again, she did, and this time, captive audience. She ain't going nowhere, you know? We got an hour and a half together. And, and that's even more awkward, because, like, if that stumbles off on the wrong foot, now we got to just lay in that. And it's like, you know. Uh, but went through the whole thing with her and talked with her and found out she was Jewish by ancestry and blood. And she didn't know anything about Jesus. Like, she knew his name, but she didn't know anything about the Messiah, any of that kind of stuff. So I went through the, the deal with her, shared the gospel with her. And she's like, oh, my gosh, that's what it means? Thank you. Same story. She knew what to do at that point, you know, and it's just in that moment. It's just like, it's like something glazed over. She's, she had no idea. It just hit her in the face. She's still trying to comprehend what we just said, but she heard it. She heard the good news. And I was like, Lord, what do I do? He's like, let this simmer, you know. This just slapped her up in a way she's never experienced before. Um, and so, but my point is, is like, whether it's that or praying with people for healing, like one time we were out, remember when we were in St. Paul? It was for Cinco de Mayo, and our church at the time was doing an outreach out in the Mexican part of town. And we went out, and we're sharing the gospel with people. Larissa, you shared the gospel with like 20-something youth, kids, or teenagers at once. It was, it was sweet, so cool. And uh, But one time, or for this one dude, we're praying for him. And Larissa's saying a nice prayer for the guy. And just a nice generic, you know, like, I don't remember what, but, you know, nothing really specific. But while she was praying, I heard the Lord say, there's something wrong with this, with this guy's back. And I'm like, is this me thinking this? Is this God? Is the devil? You know, like, who is this talking right now? And, and, and I'll say this, too. When you're starting to hear from the Holy Spirit, I mean, you see all these different examples of, in the Word, like a still, small voice of him talking to you, audible voice, you know, all these different things. Sometimes God even sends an angel. That's not even the Holy Spirit. But all these different ways God talks to you, it's not uh, concrete how he's going to do it every time speak to you, but it's always going to be through the Spirit, and it'll never go against His Word. I'll just give you that one. That's for free, all right? That's not part of the message. Um, never go against His Word. But anyway, so I heard the Spirit saying, there's something wrong with His back, and I'm like, okay, well, am I going to say this to this guy and maybe be wrong, or, you know, is it me, all that whole thing? But then in the end, I'm like, you know what? I'm never going to see this guy again. Let's just go for it, you know? Let's, let's see. And so then I say to the, she finishes praying. I'm like, hey, man, so uh, what's wrong with your back? He's like, whoa, how'd you know that? And I'm like, you know, on the inside, I'm like, oh, my gosh, it worked. You know, like, but on the outside, I was like, 
because God told me, you know? And, uh, and he's like, man, man, my, 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 my mom came up. She's a preacher, and she came up to me. And she said, there's something wrong with your back. And, and, I'm, and I'm like, well, dude, why are you ignoring this? God's trying to heal you. That's praying he's going to do this thing. And I'm like, oh. he said, okay. And so we prayed for him. And then while I'm praying, he's like, whoa, man, my back's tingling, you know? And then, like, he got healed. It was super cool. I said, do you need prayer for anything else, you know? He's like, oh, yeah, man, my, you know, my Achilles, my foot, I hurt that. I'm like, okay, cool, let's pray for it, and, and, uh, and God will take care of you. And he's like, no, 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 man, that's okay. I'm still collecting workers' comp on that. You know, I'm like, okay. <laughs> Stories of the field. Um, <laughs> for real. <laughs> Got to get that compensation money. Um, but, yeah, so, so, yeah, guys, I mean, that same spirit that, you know, we've experienced with that, and, and Larissa, I mean, she has so many stories. I'll tell a couple punchlines for her, but I mean, like, she's prayed for a kid where he had metal inside of him because he got hurt, went to the doctor, the metal's gone, the kid's healed, uh, documented. She, she was praying for this Aboriginal lady who actually came up to her and her sister were doing, a, like, a, basically a curbside outreach. Her sister was singing and Larissa was preaching, and this was, how old were you guys when you did that? 17, so a 17-year-old, and Sarah's probably like 16 or 15. And they're just out on the sidewalk on the streets in Australia doing that. And this Aboriginal lady came up to her, blind as a bat. I mean, like, she had clouds, white eyes, you know, that whole thing. And, um, and she said, you're a Wapata lady. I'm like, what? <laughs> Has anyone else heard that word, Wapata? Yeah, me neither. So Wapata lady. Basically what it means is, like, you're one of those people who got the, the spirit of the Lord on you. Like the mo- she's like, there's, there's a power on you. That it's, the mo- it's the highest spirit, the highest thing. And the, the aboriginal people are very spiritual. And uh, a lot of their stuff is highly demonic. And so she comes up and says that. And so long story short, Larissa prays for this lady to be healed in Jesus' name. And Larissa saw the white escape from her eyes and she could see again. It's so, like she was blind, could not see to oh my gosh, healed, and she could see again. You know, it's awesome. And she had only been saved for, what, a few months at that point? Yeah, a few months. You know, she, she knew nothing. Well, I wouldn't say nothing, but, you know, like she's still fresh out of the gate of, what's that? Yeah, she's walking in the Spirit and using the authority through Jesus Christ, and it worked. And so, but the point is that Look at that. we got two different people living in two different continents just trying to follow the Word of God and seeing results, you know. And it's just simply learning who he is, communing with him so we can hear him, and being in the right place at the right time. You know, a lot of people, they ask me, they say, man, how do you get to where you're at and, and stuff like that? Or how did this happen or whatever? And I just, I, I'm straight with them. I say, listen. I ain't got this stuff figured out. I just keep saying yes to the Spirit, and it, can, it works out. You know, like there's, de- there's definitely basic principles in life that you can adhere to that God set up. And we do different things like that. But I mean, like there's things that take place that you can't plan for. You know, like, like a good business deal that's happened for us or ed- ending up in Egypt the way we did or meeting people like this. Here's another one. Here's a good one. I was in Egypt last year. I was at this conference and, you know, meeting with other people doing what we do. And one of them said, oh, man, you got to meet Ted. I'm like, okay, whoever Ted is. He's like, yeah, he's not here, but he, you know, he lives near you guys. I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. And, uh, and, and Ted's a, a minister. 
And uh, what ended up happening is we live in a city, okay, Egypt has about 112 million people in it, and it's about the size of one and a half Texases. With me on that? But they all live in like Alexandria, Cairo, and these little towns on the Nile River. So it's all just congested. So we have maybe 10 million people, I'd have to look it up, 10 million people at least or more in our town that we live in. So one day we go to drop off the girls at uh, preschool, and that's a story of how we found that. But we go in, or I go in to drop them off, and I see this guy, and I'm like, you don't look like you're from here. You know, hey, I'm JP, good to meet you. And he's like, hey, I'm Ted. I'm like, wait a second. Like, Ted, Ted? You know, like, the Ted? Turns out I walk into Ted with all this different stuff going on. I didn't know who this guy was. And God put us right where we needed to be to meet. Turns out his kids go to the same school as mine. Pretty cool. And from that, though, now we're collaborating on things, and we've been an encouragement to one another, and it's just super cool. But you can't plan for that. I didn't call him or try to organize this stuff. I was just living life. Like, if I would have slept in that day, I wouldn't have met Ted. You know what I mean? Like, it was perfect timing and things. And so... um, I just I, I say all this stuff where I don't want you guys to get overwhelmed, thinking that you got to figure all this stuff out, that you got to you got to know what's A, B, and C, all the steps to do it. If you simply just take time to know God first through His Word, so you can know because or know who He is, because some of you, some of us and, and same with me, I'm still walking this stuff out. It's like, well, what's God saying to me? Well, if you want a word from the Lord, I'll tell you this: if you read this, you'll get one every time. You know what I mean? God, please speak to me. Bam, right here. And then, as you continue to know who he is, then you'll start to uh, see the things that are for everybody. But then, you start to get to the point where you can hear him for your own life, specifically. Um, okay, let me give you this one. Spirit of God again. How do you hear from the Spirit? I was uh, about 20 years old. I didn't know nothing. I was a part of an organization called Crew, doing campus, uh, college campus outreach stuff. One night, I got home late. And I was like, I was hungry, you know, and at this point in life, I was probably, have you guys ever seen the Grinch, like the live action Grinch with Jim Carrey? That's what my body looked like, you know, like pear shaped, kind of that pooch gut and then like skinny twig legs. Like that's what I was, that's what I was rolling with, you know, and uh, not ideal, but I did, I, it was working and I didn't have no girlfriend, but um, what ended up happening that night, though, is I was super hungry, didn't eat all day, and I'm like, you know, I'm going to eat uh, some cereal. And, you know, Frosted Mini Wheats? Uh, yeah, but do you guys know uh, Frosted Mini Spooners? The stuff in the bag, the bag cereal? You know, like when you can't afford Frosted Mini Wheats? Yeah, okay, that's me. They make all that in Minnesota. Uh, but, so I love the bag cereal, I still do. But I was like, I'm going to have some, you know, Frosted Mini Spooners. I'm going to do that. And then I was like, eh, you know what? I think I'll fast. That seems more Christian. Like, it'd probably be better if I do something like that. I'm like, okay, I'll fast. And so I go down to my room, and I'm in there, and I'm trying to do some work. And I'm like, oh, oh I just want cereal. But no, nah, no, nah, that's my flesh. You know, like, you know, I'm having this stupid battle over cereal. You know what I mean? Like, in hindsight, this is just ridiculous. And so I'm just, I'm having so much distress, and I'm like, oh, God. And then finally, I just get down on my knees, and I can remember this vividly. I was on my, on my knees in my bed, 
and I can see it because like I had this crappy bed but a Tempur-Pedic like mattress cover on it and I didn't have a bed sheet on it. That's how vivid this is. So I was on that and I was like, God, if you want me to eat this cereal, please just let me know. And then I heard Ecclesiastes 3.13. I'm like, what is that? I've never read that before. Okay. So I bust that open. I, I don't even think I've read Ecclesiastes anything at that point. And so I go to Ecclesiastes 3.13. I'm like, ah, cereal, what is this? And I hear, and I read it, and it says, And also that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is a gift from God to man. I destroyed that bag of cereal. You know, like... <laughs> So, like, I know that's stupid, right? But, I mean, look where God met me. And, and it worked. And then it went from just enjoying a cereal to the point where then I can, I'm hearing them tell me to go pray for people and they get saved or healed or something. You know, but that's where I started is, is dumb stuff. But, I mean, like, even still, I still ask them, what should I have for lunch, you know, <laughs> every once in a while. And, it's, and I know it seems kind of silly, but that's how intimate it gets, though. It's just like I'm just talking to them. You know, just like, hey, what do I get for lunch? You know, I'm like, oh, man, what should I eat for lunch today? And a lot of times, like, it don't matter. But, you know, I'm just checking in because I love them. Just, just trying to have that, that time with them. And, uh, and it doesn't need to be, like, a, a prayer closet warrior type stuff, you know, because some people are like, oh, man, if I'm not sitting in, 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 the, in the dark in my closet for an hour and a half a day praying in tongues, then I'm missing it. It's like, yeah, maybe you are called to do that sincerely, and you should. But just because you're not doesn't make you, or doesn't mean you're not seeking the Lord. Like, man, there's a time where I was barely even sleeping, like getting four or five hours a day because I had to do this stuff, and God still met me in that. that those are my ham sandwich moments. I'm like, what should I have for lunch? And checking in. I'm like, God, I need help. And I just heard the spirits just saying, I almost felt like this giant hand came on by my back. But in those time, weary times, he's like, you're going to be all right. You're doing good, kid kind of a thing. I just need that pat on the back. I wasn't getting that from anyone else, but I got that in that time with the Lord. And so that intimacy is, is something that grows to the point where it, it seems kind of silly, but he gets into every part of your life, and it's wonderful. You know, I got peace. Like, even tonight, I was praying. I prayed, I don't know, maybe like five times I took time for the Lord. I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to share with these people? And every time I just hear, you're good. Just bring your Bible up with you, and you'll be fine. I'm like, okay. You know, like, that's not usually what people do, but that's cool, you know. But that's what's been frequently happening, you know, when I go and speak at places. And it's been proving fruit every single time. And, and I say that it's not like an excuse not to take time to do that. I gave God the window for it. But what it is is when you start to get to a point where you try to live your life with the Lord all the time, then when it's time for you to do ministry, it just outflows out of you. You know, some people are called, like, you know, Pastor Joel, I think it's easier to say, what books haven't you read? You know, like, that ain't me. And I try hard, but I fall asleep all the time reading books. Or, or like, I read a page and I get to the bottom and I'm like, what did I just read? And I got to reread it again? You know, it's hard. But I can, I can hang out and talk to the Lord and, you know, like, while I'm frying eggs, just have a conversation with them. And it's great and it's intimate. And so both of those things are fine and great. But it's just it's being honest with, are you truly surrendering your life to Christ and what is he calling you to do? Because some of us are called to be theologians, like, you know, uh, trans, uh, see, I can't even say the word, like all these big words, like transubstantiation, and uh, man, Des, can you help me? My father-in-law, <laughs> you know, he's good at this, he and his brothers. But like, 
all these different uh, uh, big words where it's just like, yeah, I get what you're saying with that stuff, but don't you just mean like you should just pray more or something instead of saying, you know, prayism? I don't know. That's a made-up word. But you get my point, right? You know, it's the practical time of like, okay, some people are called to know that stuff and it's a benefit to the body of Christ because I watch other apologists and different things and hear their arguments and stuff to help combat against other religions and help people get their flesh out of the way so they can see the truth. But because they've done the study for it, I reap the benefit of being able to take that information from their hours of study. But you know what they're not doing? They're not going out and blasting this to everybody. Like, they're not the ones talking one-on-one with the people because they're busy locked up doing the prayer time and study, and we need that. But then we need other people here that are working a day job talking to Joe Schmo while pouring concrete, you know, or, like, beeping stuff at Walmart. It's for real. I used to work at Sam's Club. That was a missions field, you know. Fast one, too. They got real mad when he wouldn't beep quick enough. But like, but like, but every place is. And so don't sell yourself short in this stuff, guys. Because, like, listen, Pastor Joel is awesome, but I'm not called to be him. And he's not called to be me. And if we try to swap roles in this thing, it's going to be a disaster. And so the same thing is for you. You know, people say now, nowadays, and, and the world messes up, just be you, do you. And I'm like, well, that's kind of bull. But I, I mean, like, what, what really should be done is, like, who did God make you to be? Who are you in the body of Christ? And be that, you know? And just own it. There's some people that, you know, that parable that Jesus shared, one talent, two talents, five talents, say, what has God given you to work with? Listen, those are all different levels of talents and different things. If you're a one-talent person, don't despise it. When you go up to Christ, give him two. You know, if you're a five-person talent, give him ten. You know what I'm saying? Like, you do what God, or work with God, what God has given you, and you work with the Spirit to get it done. Um, and this is one thing, we'll kind of wrap it up a little bit now, but this is one thing that really helped Larissa and I, especially out in Egypt. There's one minister, um, his name is Ray Comfort, and he's an evangelist. He's been at it for years and years. But he said, what is the measure of success? You know, somebody asked him that. What's the measure of success? You know, and sometimes people are like, oh, how big is your ministry or your church or how many people do you share the gospel with on a daily basis or, you know, pick your thing. Uh, But he said it's faithfulness. You know, like, in the end... All of us are going to stand before God Almighty, and we want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant, right? Faithful. That's the, that's the descriptor word right there, faithful servant. Not just a servant, faithful one. I don't want to be up there. I want to hear that, and I don't want to be up there, and I, and I say to him, and he's like, well, you made it. You know, like, I want to hear that well done, good and faithful servant. So that's what our success is measured by being faithful to what he's called you to do. You remember back in the beginning of this when I told you where I'm from? Sandstone, Minnesota. Well, next door in Ascove, Minnesota, that's where my church was. On Beaver Tail Road, you know? That's where JP started hearing about Jesus. And uh, in there, uh, the pastor was going strong for a long time, and he's still doing it in his mid to late 80s. And because of his faithfulness, now he has ministers that he supports and that have come out of that place even that are in all these different nations, like in Central America, South America, the Middle East, you know, just because that guy showed up every Sunday, every Bible study for people, 
and he was faithful to the end with this stuff. I don't know where our family would be. I mean, God is faithful to do things, but he uses us to get his will accomplished here in the earth. And so by that pastor doing what he was supposed to do, I mean, I don't know, 40 years maybe, 50? I don't know. I am stand, he's part of the reason why I'm standing here today and doing what I'm doing in obedience to the Lord and being successful or seeing the success of God in my life. And so with you, don't compare yourself to people. Don't have this fear of man thinking I've got to live up to a certain standard outside of what God has called you to do. So first off, keep it simple. What's he tell you to do in this book? You know, start there. Read the, read the New Testament. See what you're sitting in if you gave your life to Jesus. And, and, and start from there. Because then you can actually read it. You know, you, you may not be able to discern like, oh, is this God, me, whatever, who's talking right now in the Spirit. But you know what? When it tells you point blank, this is what you should and shouldn't do, or this is who you are in Christ, you can't deny it. It's right here. Start there. Then after that, as you continue to know the Lord, you'll start to see things get more specific for your life. And you'll figure out, okay, well, am I called to be traveling halfway around the world and doing missions work, or am I called to stay right here in Mississippi and faithfully serve at my church, or even start an extra um, parachurch ministry? Or am I supposed to go and witness to my family members? Ooh, that's a tough one. Remember cringy moments? That's tough, because you can't get rid of those people, you know? They're, they're locked in. But... But, that, but what is God calling you guys to do? And that's what we really want for you guys to know, and we, we want that clarity for you so you can walk boldly in that. You know, it, it's gotten to the point for me, like, guys, let me, I know I say this all night, but it's, I just want to really be honest with you um, about, about being straightforward. But I, I go back to Jesus Christ with this whole thing because, you know, right now, I, or I'll go back to high school for a second. I remember I was in a speech class in high school, and I was just hating it. I was fearful. I'm like, oh, shoot. I got to go in front of all these people for three minutes and talk? Yikes. Does anyone else identify with that, get that feeling a little bit? Okay. Okay. Look what I do for a job. You know what I mean? Like, I'm literally in front of people all the time doing this. So God took me from, like, I can't handle this stuff to hey, now I'm efficiently doing it, right? Like, I can't do it. Yes, that's right. But with God, he'll change you and give you the grace to do what he's called you to do. Um, and, uh, and, and, uh, and actually, this will be the last point I end on, and then I'll have Larissa come up here. But some people, they always ask, or they ask me sometimes too, it's just like, well, man, you must absolutely love being in ministry. Like, it's, it's got to be awesome and a dream and all this. And, hey, I'm thankful for it. Don't get me wrong. But it ain't, it ain't like that all the time. Like, some days I, I, used, I used to do carpentry and drywall. And, like, some days I wish I could just be, like, fixing holes in walls. You know, it's just so much more simple. You know, if, and if you mess up a wall, you can just, like, do it over again, you know. But, like, when you're uh, trying to help people out, there's just there could be so much pressure or... It's a lot more messy when you have to deal with feelings, you know, and, and you're trying to help, but it's like, oh, my gosh, it's, you know, and then you're kind of like swimming, figuring out what should I do and all this or, you know, and even, um, and even with being in, in, in the Middle East, you know, like it's, it's cool and stuff, but, you know, it's, it's not the most comfortable, you know, being honest, being out there, being in a nation that's anti-God, uh, anti-Jesus, and, 
and the climate's a little tough and all these different things and there's all these different struggles and it's like, do you, do you want to do this? Yeah, I, I mean, I do. I'm, I'm following Christ and I love him so much and I want to be obedient because of my example of Jesus because I thought, am I, am I bad? Like there's part of me that's not enjoying this all the time. But then I look back at Christ. When you go into the uh, ends of the Gospels in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you see Jesus in the garden praying, right? And what did he pray? Do you guys remember? Not my will, but your will be done. Like he was in agony. It said he was sweating like blood. Like it was tough for him. But, he's, but it says in God's word that he endured the cross because of the joy that was set before him. He saw the end result of what he was doing. He knew that by him going up on that cross and dying for the sins of the world, that many would come to know God and be set free from sin. And not have to go into hell for eternity and pay that price, but they could be with him forever. And so he went through what he did. And I can't even imagine what that was. But if that's our Savior and Lord felt that way, and okay, well, if we feel that way too, that's fine. But that doesn't mean that we stop. That doesn't mean that we quit being obedient and faithful to what he's called us to do because when we do that and we trust him and our flesh is hurting a little bit, his grace is there for us to give us, to give us joy in, in tough times and, and to give us peace when it doesn't make sense, right? Like Philippians 4, 6, and 7, peace that passes all understanding. And, and so, so with all this stuff, guys, you might be called to do things that your flesh don't flat out want to do, you know? But that doesn't mean that you're not hearing right. And you might have said yes to something, you might be in the middle of it, and you're like, oh, did I make the right choice? I, I tell you what, God will reassure you of that. If you heard him before, he hasn't changed on you. And he'll give you the ability to endure it because you'll see that by doing this, you're not living for yourself. This is momentary pain and, and discomfort. You're living for him, which is going to produce an everlasting fruit, an everlasting salvation for some people. Because everybody in this place, they heard the gospel from somebody telling it to them. And now it's our turn to go out and be that person, sharing that to people. And it's going to feel a little awkward. It's going to feel uncomfortable. But you know what? We can do it because Christ did it for us. And our flesh doesn't dictate what we do, but the spirit does. And are we going to submit to him? So what's he calling you guys to do, darling? Can you come up here? And so um, I want to give Larissa the mic. I'm just going to pray for a sec, and then um, she can share a little bit about this stuff. And, uh, yeah. And, um, and what we want to do, too, is we do want to open things up for prayer. You know, with people, like, do you guys have a prayer team here? Okay, cool. Nice. Uh, yeah. So what we want to do is we want to give you guys an opportunity to do that. First off, with people, for those of you that don't know the gospel, I'm going to make it sweet and simple for you. Like I said earlier, hey, we all messed up. Jesus came. He died for us. He paid that price for us. But now he just says, you just got to turn away. Repent of that. Repent of that sin, that flesh. Trust in me for salvation. I mean, it's like you're jumping out of a plane. And if you're, if, say you're trusting in yourself. When you jump out of a plane, you think, hey, I'm going to flatten my arms. That ain't going to work. You're going to hit that hard, ground hard. But what you need to do is you not need to trust in yourself, but you need to put on the parachute, who is Jesus Christ, and jump out of that plane because you're going to have a soft landing. Don't trust in yourself. Trust in Jesus for your salvation and make him the Lord of your life. Say, my life is yours. When you do that, you're safe from your sin, cleansed. He gives you that righteousness that you've been needing, and then you're that new creature or creature in Christ. 
And so if you haven't made that decision, today is the day to do it. Don't let another moment go by. That's what this prayer team's here for. They want to talk to you. They're equipped to do it, and they can lead you in that. And then for those of you who are like, well, I just need prayer for clarity, well, he can give that to you too, and we want to make that an opportunity for you guys tonight. So I'm going to pray, and then do you want to, and then prayer team, if you guys want to come up. Oh, wait, Pastor Joel's got a little something too. What's that? Yeah, yeah. And so Larissa's going to pray. Um, yeah. Okay. I just had this when I was sitting there. I just felt the Holy Spirit um, just impress on me. And it is that the fear of man will hold you back from living a surrendered life to the Lord. The fear of man. And, you know, people ask us all the time, like, how do you have this boldness? How do you do this? And it's like, it comes from the Holy Spirit. It's from having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And if you were born again, I have to tell you that you do not have to live a life of fear because you have the option to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you've received the power of the Holy Spirit, you can get filled again and again and again. So um, can, can I just pray for people and then I'll hand it off. So Everyone, just close your eyes, please. And I just want people who have been fearful, maybe you have, um, there's someone um, in your life, in your workplace, down the street, maybe there's an area or a city that you have on your heart, and you know that the Holy Spirit is telling you to go there, but you're fearful. I want you to raise your hand, and I believe that the power of the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and give you boldness in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. There's hands lifted. I know there's more than that. Come on, guys. You've got to be bold. Lift up your hands because tonight things are going to change for you in Jesus' name. Yes. Thank you. There are world changes in this campus and in this church. I know it. And you are here, sitting here right now. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for the promise of the Holy Spirit, for the promise of the Father that is given to each and every believer. And, Lord, with these people who have raised their hands by faith, I thank you, Lord, for the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon them, to fill them right now, and to refill them in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, that as they step out of this place, that they will discern where you want them to go, and as they speak the word of God, they will have signs, wonders, and miracles following them because they believe in Jesus' name. And so I thank you, Lord, for this church. We thank you for the boldness. Lord, we thank you for Pastor Joel and Peppy. We thank you, Father, for their faithfulness, their faithfulness, and that the talents are growing and expanding in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen, amen, amen. Uh, you know, when he was communicating, I just, I really felt uh, for so many of you to s just encourage you to step out of your comfort zone and share your faith in whatever platform the Lord has given you. And we all have different strengths and we all have different platforms, but God's given you a specific one for specific people. Um, me and my wife, we started a workout together this year, 
And I, I, I don't have any affiliation with this. I don't get any kickbacks or like perks or free admission for talking about it. Uh, but just for the sake of context, uh, we started Orange Theory uh, this year. And I really enjoyed it. It was one of those things that kind of reminded me of team sports. If you got a coach there and, you know, some people don't like it. I really enjoyed it. And I've seen a lot of benefit kind of come from it. But there was one particular coach uh, who's still there who at the end of every workout, they get to choose what cool down song they want to play. And this specific coach, every single time plays the same song. And it's a song that has uh, the presence of the Holy Spirit on it because it's directly talking about the Holy Spirit. Like, let your presence fall like rain. Holy Spirit, let your spirit fall like rain. And it just struck me. And like every time it plays, I'm like, Father, let it fall in here. Like right now, I'm ready to preach. She's got the worship covered. Like, let's go. Revival come to Orange Theory in Jesus' name. I'm like, this is awesome. And it's the same song every time. And it just ministered to me because you really can sense the presence of the Lord come in there. And I know for so many people, they have no idea what they're sensing. They have no idea what they're experiencing. I'm like, this is so cool. So this past week, um, you know, sometimes you work out and the instructors will come and kind of work out with you, you know, because they want to get their workouts in too. And she was on the station next to me. And so uh, we're on the treadmills because you have these different stations. And, you know, she gets on the treadmill next to me. And I look at her, I'm like, you have time for a deep question. (laughs) I didn't actually say that. Uh, but, But out of that, I looked at her, I said, I'm so impressed with you using your platform uh, for a, a song like that about the Holy Spirit. I said, clearly you're, clearly you're a Christ follower. I'm like, tell me your story that would make you want to go public with your faith like that. And she talked about how she grew up around Christian things and grew up in kind of a Christian home, but she really made a decision for Christ in college. And she said, I went to Passion, the Louis Giglio thing, and they played this song, and I gave my life to Jesus right then and there. And she said, I made a decision that if I gave him my life, I would use whatever platform the Lord gave me to just sow seed however I could sow seed. And, and, and out of that, I saw this was something I could do. If they're letting me pick this, you know, the song for the cool down, I'm going to pick this song and I'm going to play it every single time. And I, I love how simple that is, but you know what it is? It's seed. It's seed. And you don't have to think about, like we have this term, like be a soul winner. No, be a seed sower. Uh, we plant Uh, we water, God gives the increase. We tell people about Jesus. We play songs about the Holy Spirit. We give things to our neighbors during Christmas. We knock on their door and be like, hey, it's Christmas. You know, Jesus loves you. Here's some cookies. Like we sow seed and sometimes we water seed that has already been sown, but God gives the increase. And sometimes you could be the seed sower and other times God could use you to be the soul winner. But you know how you get the souls won? You sow the seed. Um, And so I want to encourage you, step out of the boat and share your faith with somebody somewhere over something. Be bold and courageous in Jesus and just make a decision to do that.